story seven of around the yule log by willis boyd allen this librivox recording is in the public domain story seven mrs brownlow's christmas party it was fine christmas weather several light snowstorms in the early part of december had left the earth fair and white and the sparkling cold days that followed were enough to make the most crabbed and morose of mankind cheerful as with a foretaste of the joyous season at hand downtown the sidewalks were crowded with mothers and sisters buying gifts for their sons brothers and husbands who found it impossible to get anywhere by taking the ordinary course of foot travel and were obliged to stalk along the snowy streets beside the curbstone in a sober but not ill-humoured row among those who were looking forward to the holidays with keen anticipations of pleasure were mr and mrs brownlow of elm street boston they had quietly talked the matter over together and decided that as there were three children in the family not counting themselves as they might well have done it would be a delightful and not too expensive luxury to give a little christmas party you see john said mrs brownlow we've been asked ourselves to half a dozen candy pulls and parties since we've lived here and it seems nothing but fair that we should do it once ourselves that's so clarissy replied her husband slowly but then there's so many of us and my salaries well it would cost considerable little woman wouldn't it i'll tell you what she exclaimed we needn't have a regular grown-up party but just one for children we can get a small tree and a bit of a present for each of the boys and girls with ice cream and cake and let it go at that the whole thing shan't cost ten dollars good said mr brownlow heartily i knew you'd get some way out of it let's tell bob and sue and polly so they can have the fun of looking forward to it so it was settled and all hands entered into the plans with such a degree of earnestness that one would have thought these people were going to have some grand gift themselves instead of giving to others and pinching for a month afterwards in their own comforts as they knew they would have to do the first real difficulty they met was in deciding whom to invite john was for asking only the children of their immediate neighbours but mrs brownlow said it would be a kindness as well as polite to include those who were better off than themselves i allus think john she explained laying her hands on his shoulder that it's just much despisin to look down on your rich neighbours as if all they'd got was money as on your poor ones let's ask em all deacon wholesome's the brights and the nortons the brights were mr brownlow's employers anybody else queried her husband with his funny twinkle perhaps you'd like to have me ask the governor's family or jordan and marsh now john don't you be saucy she laughed relieved at having carried her point let's put our heads together and see who to set down susie will write the notes in her nice hand and bob can deliver them to save postage well you've said three counted mr brownlow on his fingers then there's mrs sampson's little girl and the four williamses and he enumerated one family after another until nearly thirty names were on the list once susie broke in oh pa don't invite that mary spenfield she's awfully stuck up and cross good said her father again this will be just the thing for her let her be coffee and you be sugar and see how much you can sweeten her that evening 
in the few days that intervened before the twenty-fifth the whole family were busy enough mrs brownlow shopping susie writing the notes and others helping wherever they got a chance every evening they spread out upon the sitting-room floor such presents as had been bought during the day these were not costly but they were chosen lovingly and seemed very nice indeed to mr brownlow and the children who united in praising the discriminating taste of mrs b as with justifiable pride she sat in the centre of the room bringing forth her purchases from the depths of a capacious carpet-bag the grand final expenditure was left until the day before christmas mr brownlow got off from his work early with his month's salary in his pocket and a few kind words from his employers tucked away even more securely in his warm heart he had taken special pains to include their children for his party and he was quietly enjoying the thought of making them happy on the morrow by a preconcerted plan he met mrs brownlow under the great golden eagle at the corner of summer and washington streets and having thus joined forces the two proceeded in company toward a certain wholesale toy store where mr brownlow was acquainted and where they expected to secure such small articles as they desired at dozen rates and now mr brownlow realized what must have been his wife's exertions during the last fortnight for having gallantly relieved her of her carpet-bag and offered his unoccupied arm for her support he was constantly engaged in a struggle to maintain his hold upon either one or the other of his charges and rescuing them with extreme difficulty from the crowd at one time he was simultaneously attacked at both vulnerable points a very stout woman persisting in thrusting herself between him and his already bulging carpet-bag on the one hand and an equally persistent old gentleman engaged in separating mrs brownlow from him on the other with flushed but determined face he held on to both with all his might when a sudden stampede to avoid a passing team brought such a violent pressure upon him that he found both clarissa and bag dragged from him while he himself was borne at least a rod away before he could stem the tide fortunately the stout woman immediately fell over the bag and mr brownlow having by this means identified the spot where it lay hewed his way figuratively speaking to his wife and bore her off triumphantly at last to the relief of both they reached the entrance of the toy dealer's huge store mr brownlow at once hunted up his friend and all three set about a tour of the premises it was beyond doubt a wonderful place a little retail shop in the christmas holidays is of itself a marvel but this immense establishment at the back doors of which stood wagons constantly receiving cases on cases of goods directed to all parts of the country was quite another thing such long passageways were there walled in from floor to ceiling with boxes of picture blocks labelled in german such mysterious gloomy alcoves by the sides of which lurked innumerable wild animals with glaring eyes and rigid tails such fleets of noah's arks wherein were bestowed the patriarch's whole family in tight-fitting garment of yellow and red and specimens of all creation so promiscuously packed together that it must have been extremely depressing to all concerned such a delicious smell of sawdust and paint and wax 
in short such presentation of toy in the abstract and toy in particular and toy overhead and underfoot and in the very air could never have existed outside of cotlow and companies manufacturers dealers and importers of toys mrs brownlow was fairly at her wit's end to choose when she meekly inquired for ten soldiers solid regiments of them sprang up like jason's armed men at her bidding at the suggestion of a doll the world seemed suddenly and solely peopled with these little creatures and winking crying walking and talking dolls crowded about the bewildered customers dolls with flaxen hair and dolls with no hair at all dolls of imposing proportions when viewed in front but of no thickness to speak of when held sideways dolls as rigid as mummies and dolls who exhibited an alarming tendency to double their arms and legs up backward to add to the confusion the air was filled with the noise of trumpets drums musical boxes and other instruments which were being tested in various parts of the building until poor mrs brownlow declared she should go distracted at length however she and her husband with the assistance of their polite friend succeeded in selecting two or three dozen small gifts and when the last purchase was concluded started for home after a walk of ten minutes they reached boylston market where they were at once beset by vendors of evergreen and holly wreaths crosses and stars of every description mr brownlow bought half a dozen of the cheaper sort of wreaths which the owner kindly threaded upon his arm as if they were a sort of huge fragrant beads then he selected a tree and after a short consultation with mrs brownlow decided to carry it home himself to save a quarter a horse-car opportunely passing they boarded it mrs brownlow and her bag being with some difficulty squeezed in through the rear door and mr brownlow taking his stand upon the front platform from which the tree which had been tightly tied up projected like a bowsprit until they reached home great was the bustle at seventeen elm street at that night parcels were unwrapped the whole house was pleasantly redolent of boiling molasses and from the kitchen there came at the same time a scratchy and poppy sound denoting the preparation of mounds of feathery corn bob and his father took upon themselves the uprearing of the tree on being carried to the parlour it was found to be at least three feet too long and mr brownlow in his shirt-sleeves accomplished wonders with a saw smearing himself in the process with pitch from head to foot the tree at first seemed inclined to be sulky perhaps at having been decapitated and curtailed for it obstinately leaned backward kicked over the soap-box in which it was set bumped against mr brownlow tumbled forward and in short behaved itself like a tree which was determined to lie on its precious back all the next day or perish in the attempt at length just as they were beginning to despair of ever getting it firm and straight it gave a little shiver of its limbs yielded gracefully to a final push by bob and stood upright as fair and comely a christmas tree as one would wish to see mr brownlow crept out backward from under the lower branches thereby throwing his hair into the wildest confusion and adding more pitch to himself and regarded it with a sigh of content 
such presents as were to be disposed of in this way were now hung upon the branches then strings of popcorn bits of wool and glistening paper a few red apples and lastly the candles when all was finished which was not before midnight the family withdrew to their beds with weary limbs and brains but with light-hearted anticipation of to-morrow do you suppose mrs bright will come with her children john said mrs brownlow as she turned out the gas shouldn't wonder sleepily from the four-poster did mr bright say anything about the invitation we sent when he paid you off silence more silence good mr brownlow was asleep and clarissa soon followed him meanwhile the snow which had been falling fast during the early part of the evening had ceased leaving the earth as fair to look upon as the fleece drifted sky above it slowly the heavy banks of cloud rolled away disclosing star after star until the moon itself looked down and sent a soft merry christmas to mankind at last came the dawn with a glorious burst of sunlight and church bells and glad voices ushering in the gladdest and dearest day of all the year the brownlows were early astir full of the joyous spirit of the day there was a clamour of christmas greetings and a delightful medley of shouts from the children over the few simple gifts that had been secretly laid aside for them but the ruling thought in every heart was the party it was to come off at five o'clock in the afternoon when it would be just dark enough to light the candles on the tree in spite of all the hard work of the preceding days there was not a moment to spare that forenoon the house as the head of the family facetiously remarked was a perfect hive of bees as the appointed hour drew near their nervousness increased the children had been scrubbed from top to toe and dressed in their very best clothes mrs brownlow wore a cap with lavender ribbons which she had a misgiving were too gaudy for a person of her sedate years nor was the excitement confined to the interior of the house the tree was placed in the front parlour close to the window and by half-past four a dozen ragged children were gathered about the iron fence of the little front yard gazing open-mouthed and open-eyed at the spectacular wonders within at a quarter before five mrs brownlow's heart beat hard every time she heard a strange footstep in their quiet street it was a little odd that none of the guests had arrived but then it was fashionable to be late ten minutes more passed still no arrivals it was evident that each was planning not to be the first to get there and that they would all descend on the house and assault the doorbell at once mrs brownlow repeatedly smoothed the wrinkles out of her tidy apron and mr brownlow began to perspire with responsibility meanwhile the crowd outside recognizing no rigid bonds of etiquette rapidly increased in numbers mr brownlow to pass the time and please the poor little homeless creatures lighted two of the candles the response from the front yard fence was immediate a low murmur of delight ran along the line and several dull-eyed babies were hoisted in the arms of babies scarcely older than themselves to behold the rare vision of candles in a tree just illumining the further splendours glistening here and there among the branches the kind man's heart warmed towards them and he lighted two more candles 
the delight of the audience could hardly now be restrained and the babies having been temporarily lowered by the aching little arms of their respective nurses were shot up once more to view the redoubled grandeur the whole family had become so much interested in these small outcasts that they had not noticed the flight of time now some one glanced suddenly at the clock and exclaimed it's nearly half-past five the brownlows looked at one another blankly poor mrs brownlow's smart ribbons drooped in conscious abasement while mortification and pride struggled in their wearer's kindly face over which after a moment's silence one large tear slowly rolled and dropped off mr brownlow gave himself a little shake and sat down as was his wont upon critical occasions as his absent gaze wandered about the room so prettily decked for the guests who didn't come it fell upon a little worn gilt-edged volume on the table at that sight a new thought occurred to him clarissy he said softly going over to his wife and putting his arm around her clarissy seein's the well-off folks haven't accepted don't you think we'd better invite some of the others in and he pointed significantly toward the window mrs brownlow dispatching another tear after the first nodded she was not quite equal to words yet being a woman the neglect of her little party cut her even more deeply than it did her husband mr brownlow stepped to the front door nay more he walked down the short flight of steps took one little girl by the hand and said in his pleasant fatherly way wouldn't you like to go in and look at the tree come puss to the waif at his side we'll start first with these words he led the way back through the open door and into the warm lighted room the children hung back a little but seeing that no harm came to the first guest soon flocked in each trying to keep behind all the rest but at the same time shouldering the babies up into view as before in the delightful confusion that followed the good hosts forgot all about the miscarriage of their plans they completely outdid themselves in efforts to please their hastily acquired company bob spoke a piece the girls sang duets mrs brownlow had held every individual baby in her motherly arms before half an hour was over and as for mr brownlow it was simply marvellous to see him go among those children giving them the presence and initiating their owners into the mysterious impelling forces of monkeys with yellow legs and gymnastic tendencies filling the boys pockets with popcorn blowing horns and tin whistles now assaulting the tree it had been lighted throughout and bless it how firm it stood now for fresh novelties now diving into the kitchen and returning in an unspeakably cohesive state of breathlessness and molasses candy all the while laughing talking patting heads joking until the kindly spirit of christmas present would have wept and smiled at once for the pleasure of the sight and now my young friends said mr brownlow raising his voice we'll have a little ice-cream in the back room ladies first gentlemen afterward so saying he gallantly stood on one side with a sweep of his hand to allow mrs brownlow to precede him but just as the words left his mouth there came a sharp ring at the doorbell it's a carriage gasped mrs brownlow flying to the front window and backing precipitately 
susie go to the door and see who tis land sakes what a mess this parlour's in and she gazed with a true housekeeper's dismay at the littered carpet and dripping candles deacon wholesome and mrs hartwell pa announced susie throwing open the parlour door the lady thus mentioned came forward with outstretched hand catching a glimpse of mrs brownlow's embarrassed face she exclaimed quickly isn't this splendid father and i were just driving past and we saw your tree through the window and couldn't resist dropping in upon you you won't mind us will you mind you repeated mrs brownlow in astonishment why of course not only you are so late we didn't expect mrs hartwell looked puzzled pardon me i don't think i quite understand the invitation was for five you know ma'am but we received no invitation mr brownlow who had greeted the deacon heartily and then listened with amazement to this conversation now turned upon bob with a signally futile effort at a withering glance bob looked as puzzled as the rest for a moment then his face fell and he flushed to the roots of his hair i i must have forgot he stammered forgotten what the invitations they're in my desk now thus bob with utterly despairing tone and self-abasement mrs hartwell's silvery little laugh rang out it was as near moonlight playing on the upper keys of an organ as anything you can imagine and grasped mrs brownlow's hand you poor dear she cried kissing her hostess who stood speechless not knowing whether to laugh or cry so that's why nobody came but who has cluttered who has been having such a good time here then mrs brownlow silently led the last two arrivals to the door of the next room and pointed in it was now the kind deacon's turn to be touched into the highways he murmured as he looked upon the unwashed hungry little circle about the table i suppose said mr brownlow doubtfully they'd like to have you sit down with them just as if they were folks if you don't mind mind i wish you could have seen the rich furs and the overcoat come off and go down on the floor in a heap before polly could catch them when they were all seated mr brownlow looked over to the deacon and he asked a blessing on the little ones gathered there thy servants the masters of this house have suffered them to come unto thee he said in his prayer wilt thou take them unto thine arms o father of lights and bless them a momentary hush followed and then the fun began again sweetly and swiftly kind words flew back and forth across the table each one carrying its own golden thread and weaving the hearts of poor and rich into the one fine fabric of brotherhood and humanity they were meant to form outside the snow began to fall once more each crystalled flake whispering softly as it touched the earth that christmas night peace peace End of story 7